Thank you, Lord. Amen. That's some good worship. I had them go a little bit longer. I had to take a bathroom break. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I had, uh, I, the Lord flipped my message on my way over here. And uh, I planned to minister to the sick today, actually. And if the Lord leads me to do that, I'm going to do it. But um, I'm going to talk about a shaking today. But first of all, I mean, l let me um, bring up a, something I posted yesterday on, on my Instagram that goes along with just not guilty. You're not guilty. Your sins have been totally and completely forgiven. And I'm going to read uh, Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1 says that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And um, the Passion Translation says this. So now the case is closed. And uh, you, won't, you can go to my Instagram and you see I got this gavel getting ready to go down what the judge does because he declares you not guilty so now the case is closed there remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus the anointed one there's no accusing voice of condemnation God is not accusing you of anything and don't let the devil accuse you you're not guilty now I'm going to drop a bomb on you do you believe that you're forgiven? The Bible says that, that uh, Jesus is coming back a second time. We know he's coming back again. Everybody know he's coming again? Okay. He's coming back again not to deal with sin. Now, for those of you that, that think, just to be sure, I just need to ask for forgiveness for uh, when, when I sin. You know every single sin was forgiven past, present, and future 2,000 years ago. All your sins. And, and in fact, the Bible says that, that, that we're to preach that, that the forgiveness of sins. That's all of them. You know all your sins were future on the cross? Now, I'm going to drop a bomb on you. Now, some of you are going to, let me just deal with this one right off the bat. First John 1, 9. Um, I have a whole teaching on that, and if I get into that, it would be hard for me to get out of it. But do you realize that was written to unbelievers? If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He was talking about, he was talking to um, a group of people called the Gnostics. See? And they didn't believe Jesus came in the flesh. I mean, they didn't believe he was, he was God, you know, or God came in the flesh. So he was addressing these Gnostics, and he told them, you know, if you confess your sins, then he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. That's not a believer. A believer doesn't have unrighteousness. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen? Now, I'm going to drop this bomb on you. The words ask forgiveness or ask for forgiveness is not mentioned once in any epistle. 
just going to let that settle. Not one time did Paul tell anybody to ask for forgiveness or to confess your sins in order to be forgiven. You know why? Because we're already forgiven. That doesn't make, and that doesn't make, well, if you tell people that, they'll sin more. Don't worry about that. You know what you're saying? You're saying, if I tell people the truth, then they're going to sin. What kind of sense does that make? The Bible says that you're not under, see, that you won't sin when you're under grace. Sin will not have dominion over you when you're not under, when, when you're uh, under grace. Sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under law, but under grace. Grace doesn't make much of sin. Makes, see, sin see, grace makes much of Jesus. It doesn't promote sin. You're not going to want to sin more when you understand how much you're forgiven. He who's forgiven much, that's all of us, loves much. That's, that's what he said in reference to uh, that woman who poured, uh, poured that, that um, perfume on his feet. She had been forgiven much, so she loves much. Glory be to God. Well, that's just an appetizer today because I want to talk about a shaking. Don't play around with grace. Receive it. Because I've heard this more than once, and I, and I want to, uh, and the Lord just, uh, I, I was going to teach on healing today, and all of a sudden, the Lord dropped these things on, on me that I've been, I've been meditating on. And uh, so I'm going to throw this together. Not throw it together, but I'm, I'm going to give it to you. So if you're looking on the app, the notes aren't there. All right, on our online platform and all the places where scriptures are found, <laughs> normally that I, that I that we prepare, they're not there today. So, uh, but I did run up there and throw them up on the screen real quick for you, so you can, because I got a lot of scripture I want to read. Um, first of all, over here in, let me get over here to you. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? He said, "Well, if we don't ask for forgiveness, what do we do?" See, God operates in a blood-based economy. We're forgiven because of the blood, not your confession. <laughs> it's the blood that he shed 2,000 years ago. So what do we do? We wake up every day and we thank God for his shed blood and thank God for the finished work. Thank you, Lord, my sins are forgiven. And go on about your business and live and walk in freedom guilt-free, no condemnation. I want, man, grace is all over the Bible if you look for it. The Bible is called the gospel of grace. God thinks so much of grace, he calls his throne a throne of grace. And I, I got to keep preaching this because the, the people in their minds, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because they've been, they've, they've heard it a certain way so many years and religion has just pounded this stuff in us that 
you know, we, we're, we, we live insecure because we think we have to do something in order for, to get God to love us, to get God to favor us, to get God to accept us. And then we, when, we, when we're not performing right, we think that we're not entitled to his blessings, that we don't qualify, that we somehow do something, we can do something to disqualify us for the blessing. But thank God he's qualified us. Jesus has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. Hallelujah. Now, here's a, a, another thing that might throw you off. Okay, no, let's, let's, let's look at this text. Let me get over here. Man, I'm way ahead of myself. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So this is uh, Paul called a meeting to Paul the apostle. He's called a meeting to all the pastors, these these elders of the uh, church in this region of Ephesus. And uh, he's going to share some parting words to these pastors in the region. He called for them to come. He, he sent to, uh, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, now who's he talking to? He's talking to pastors. You know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful. I hear you, Paul. I'm of that flavor. I'm not going to hold anything back that's helpful to you. But I proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. And repentance uh, doesn't mean, oh, you're going to fall to your knees and and cry and bawl. And repentance simply means it, metanoia in the Greek. It means to change your mind. See, testifying to the Jews and also to the Greeks, change your mind about God. See, and, and about faith toward our Lord Jesus. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the, the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. He suffered persecution everywhere he went. But none of these, oh, glory to God, here's how you need to deal with, with trials and tests and tem temptations that come your way. Any ever, anybody ever have things come against you in life? Have the attitude like Paul. None of these things move me. <laughs> my life's not my own. He said, I... I, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ. What ministry did he receive? To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's it. That's what we all need to be preaching, the gospel of the grace of God. And I'm going to talk to you about this shake. There's a shaking going on. 
and you're going to see it. People that are trying to live by performance, you cannot receive the blessings of God through your self-effort. That's old covenant, do good, get good, do bad, get bad. That's old covenant. We're under a new system. And indeed, now I know that that y'all, Paul is a southerner, he's a y'all, <laughs> among whom I've gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. So you know he's going to tell them the most important thing. He said, y'all not going to see me no more, you know, on this side of heaven. So he talked about the ministry of the gospel of the grace of God. Now, he's going to mention it again. He said, therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. See, Paul understood forgiveness. Now, Paul had stood by. Paul had stood by and watched. He, he sent uh, Christians to jail, may have killed somebody. He certainly stood and watched while Christians were killed. But yet in 2 Corinthians, I believe, uh, 7, he says something very interesting. People don't, don't, don't talk about this that much. He said, receive us. We have wronged no man. <laughs> what do you mean, Paul? You've wronged no man. You stood by and sent Christians to jail, watched while they were executed. But yet, he said, we've wronged no man. He understands it. He understood that if anyone is in Christ, because he's the one that penned is a new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. You'll, so, I'm innocent. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God, hallelujah. He said, I'm innocent of the blood of all men. How can you say that? He knows he's forgiven. Man, the cross means something. The reason why Jesus is coming back not to deal with sin is because sin was already dealt with on the cross. He didn't leave one of your sins in your entire life, and we all sin. He didn't leave one sin of your entire life. He, 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 didn't, he, he forgave every single one of them. dealt with every single one of them. Think about that. All your sins for your entire life. Not one of them are, is unforgiven. So we're not, look, grace doesn't sweep sin under the rug. Jesus was punished for all your sins. That's the deal. It's a setup. And you can't mess it up. If he's going to punish you, to, God is not punishing anybody for any sins today. If, if he did, see, we, we'd have to put God in jail for double jeopardy. Even in the natural, legally, you can't punish somebody for the same sins twice. Jesus was already punished for all your sins. How good of a job do you think he did? He didn't leave any sins unforgiven. You were forgiven 100% totally and completely. 
All your sins for your entire life, past, present, and future are forgiven. That's the reason why you don't have to ask for forgiveness, because you're already forgiven. So we're to be preaching the forgiveness of sins. Paul said, look, I have not shunned, and here's where people get all squirrely. That, well, you can't just preach grace. You have to preach the whole counsel of God. God, didn't he just tell you what his ministry was? It's the ministry of the grace of God. So he can't be contradicted himself. He's not saying, well, you need to preach things, the whole counsel, not just grace. See, that's, that's man's opinion. He said, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. You know who the whole counsel of God are? I, I, I like what Marie said this earlier. We're Jesus people. Jesus is the whole counsel of God. Jesus is the message of the scripture. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. He goes on to say, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, because they're pastors, among which the Holy Spirit made you overseers. Now, this is the last time he's going to talk to them, so he's telling them some important stuff. He said, shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, for I know this. That stupid people, the savage wolves, will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Mm. See, that's why I don't get surprised when stuff like that happens. Even it happens here. But hey, we're still here. We're hanging on to this word, man. Praise God. We just keep on eating. Because we're sheep. It's interesting that, that, that God uses that word, sheep, because sheep is an animal that always has to be cared for. You're never going to outgrow the father. You're never going to outgrow the father's care. It's interesting that, that we're sheep, not just you, as a pastor, I'm a sheep too. We all need to be cared for all of our life. We'll, you, you'll never stop being, he carries us. The scripture tells us he carries us. You'll never get in a place that you're so big and bad that you are, are, are not going to be carried by the Father. He cares for us all the days of our life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't this good news? I, did, I, I warned y'all night and day with tears, you know, because people are going to be tripping. That's what he said. People are going to be tripping. If he's living there, he said, people are going to be tripping. People are going to rise up. They're going to try to draw away people after them. They don't be following past now, you know. So, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the whole counsel of God. Which is, see, he's not talking about something different. He says, I'm commending you to the word of his grace. That's the word. That's the gospel. It's the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. Only the word of his grace can give you an inheritance. Not the word of the law. Not performance-based religion that is preached every week in multitudes of pulpits, is what you've got to do. See, the Old Testament is a relationship with God that's based on what you have to do 
to qualify for God's blessing. We're not under that arrangement. We're under a new agreement, the new covenant, which is a relationship with God, which is based on what Jesus did to qualify you. It's the whole thing is fixed. People misinterpret this. See, you got to get grace by revelation. Watch this. Look at this. I know your works. That now, if I'd asked a lot of Christians this, they, this is uh, a part of a letter to the church of Laodicea in Revelation. If you ask uh, a lot of church folks, will God want you to be hot or cold? Well, hot. But that's not what this, this says. He said, I wish you were hot or cold. He didn't put any, any more, he put it like 50-50. He didn't put any more emphasis on hot than he did cold. Now that's what people get to, well, he want, you've got to be hot for God. That doesn't say this. This doesn't, that, that doesn't say this. This doesn't say that, right? That's, what, that's where people get this from. That's what you do when you just repeat stuff. Now, I'm going to give you my interpretation. You see how this registers with your spirit. I'm going to give you my own interpretation. If you don't agree with this, fine. But I believe that he's talking about cold law or hot grace. Now, you've got to put this together with, with, with other scriptures. That's why I want to, I'm going to leave you a foundation. But, but see, the gospel is the gospel of grace. Now, he said, I know your works. You're neither hot nor cold. I could wish, not that you were hot. I wish you were cold. Why do you want us to be cold? <laughs> or, or hot, one or the other. So then because you're lukewarm, what's that? That's a mixture. No church preaches pure law. It's, some, it's like a mixture between law. Sometimes he loves me, he loves me not. God in a swivel chair. He loves, he loves you. He God's love and God's love is unconditional. Next week, he doesn't love you because you didn't read your Bible. One week, you're acceptable to God. God, you're accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. Next week, God's not accepting you because of what you did. Amen. See, this, this is this mixture. And that's when he said, because you're lukewarm, not a cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Okay? So, what does it mean to be cold? To be under law. See, if you're under, not, not mixture, pure law. Because, see, if you're under pure law, trying to earn God's acceptance, living by your self-effort and under law, you're going to come, as so many people do, and this is how so, so many people get into grace, is they, they, they try to live by their self-effort, and they try to please God by their performance. They come to the end of themselves and say, I can't do it. 
See, we're not against the law. We, the, the law has a high standard. Those of us who don't try to keep the law, we honor the law. The only one that could keep it 100 was Jesus. He kept it for us. He fulfilled the law. He took the handwritings of ordinance that was against us, that was contrary. Listen, the Bible says it was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailed it to his cross. He said, and, uh, uh, Paul said, you're dead to the law that you may be married to another. You're dead to the law. The law wasn't forced. The law was against us. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. When we're, once we're in Christ, we're no longer under the tutor. To preach the law today is to promote sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says, the strength of sin is the law. See, we honor the law by saying, Mr. Law, we can't keep your high standard. Jesus kept it for us. Jesus nailed it to the cross. And we're not no longer under the law, but we're under grace. But those who try to keep the law, now don't get into the mixture. If you, if you think you can keep the law, do it all 613. Not just the big 10. Because if you try to keep them all, you're going to say, you'll get to the, you're cold, no mixture, and, and, and you'll get to the place, I can't do this. I can't live like this. Let me introduce you to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. He fulfilled the law. And then you get into hot grace, not into the lukewarm stuff. Okay? Now, y'all with me so far? Now let's talk about, the, let's deal with this shaking. Because I'm telling you, I've heard this pro prophesied, I've heard it like twice in the last week. It's amazing. Galatians 4, 21. There's a lot, lot to unpack here, but we're just going to hit some, some certain points here. Galatians 4. Tell me, tell me, tell me you who desire to be under the law. Don't you hear the law? <laughs> Gives us an analogy. We talked about this a little bit last week. The, the it, for his, it is written that Abraham had two sons. Say two sons, the one by a bondwoman. That's Hagar. The other by a free woman, Sarah. I talked last last week about how God gave him a promise, cut a covenant with him, told him he would have kids. He tried to bring it to pass through his own self-effort, through the flesh. It says he was born according to the flesh, and that means what does that mean? Oh, that per he in the flesh. Look at him. He's just sinning and he's just in the flesh. That's not what that means, to be in sin. It, to, to, it is sin, but to be in the flesh is trying to live by your performance or self-effort. Now, keep this in mind as we're going through this, okay? He had two sons, one by the bondwoman, the other by the free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to to the flesh or self-effort and uh, he of the free woman 
that's Sarah, is through promise. Which things, see, remember what he said? Now he goes talking about Abraham and Hagar and uh, Sarah and stuff. But do you remember what, what he started with? You who desire to be under the law, don't you hear it? <laughs> okay, so keep that in mind. He's not talking about something else. He's talking about the law and grace right here. Sarah, grace. Hagar, performance. Now, how do we miss this? How did I miss this all these years? I, listen, I'm like uh, my friend Trisha Gunn. I can't unsee what I see. See, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Man, I want to shout right now, man. He who was of the bondwoman was born according to self-effort. But he of the free woman through promise. And God waited till he was 99 years old. All the Viagra and Cialis couldn't help him. Are you done trying to bring this to pass by yourself? And then... He had a supernatural birth that had nothing to do with his efforts. He's talking, don't you hear the law? You can't do it yourself. I'm done with uh, DIY religion. What's that? Okay. I'm preaching here. Which things are symbolic? You know what they are? These are the two covenants. Come on, y'all. You can't make this stuff up. This is right out the Bible. These are the two covenants. One is from what? Now, I want you to hold this in your mind. Just underscore that right now. The one from Mount Sinai, that's where the law was given. which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is what? I don't know why this is not slipping on me. Okay. Okay. This Hagar is what? That's the maid, right? That's the maid, right? That he had Ishmael. Uh, Who is she? Yeah, but who, what does she say right here? Hagar is who? It's what? It's Mount Sinai. That's the law in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which now is and is, and is in what? Bondage. Keep, try to keep the law, you'll be in bondage. But the J- Jerusalem above, that's Sarah, which is the mother of, of us all, is free. You who desire to be under the law, okay, do you hear it? Let's deal with the shaking. Hebrews chapter 12. Okay, oh no, we did not read this right. Rejoice, uh, not finishing. Rejoice, O barren who do not bear, break forth and shout. You who are not in labor for the desolate has many more children than he who has a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are children of promise, but he who was born according to self-effort, then persecuted him who was born according to to the spirit 
Even so it is now. Wow. That's what's happening right now. And it's shaking. See, you're going to be per- persecuted by people who have the same, same father but different mother. Believers. We got the same father. But the persecution who's, or, or, or from those who have the mother grace, I'm, excuse me, the mother law, they're going to persecute those who have the mother grace. Even so, it is now. But what does the scripture say? I want to shout this one. Cast out the bond woman. Get rid of her. These two women can't live in the same house. Don't be lukewarm. Amen. They ran into that, man. Hagar started despising Sarah. It was Sarah's idea that she sleep with her. And then now she started despising her. She had this child. She thought she's somebody now. Isaac's not on the scene yet, see? And, and, and then, boy, eventually, boy, it's like, wait a minute. Eventually, she had to go. This woman, she got to get out the house. Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman will not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, man, the, the clock is kind to me today. I, I got some time. Amen. I think I can finish this. So then, bro, brothers, brethren, sisterin, we're not children of the bondwoman. We're not children of the law. We are children of grace. We always sit here. We we got the same father. Anybody been born again? You got, we got the same father. I'm gonna ask you, who's your mama? Thank you, Lord. People are not usually confused about <laughs> who their mother is. <laughs> Sometimes people don't, they don't know what, who their daddy is, but they get a little confused. They don't, usually don't get confused about their mother. But here, people, uh, they, 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 got, they, they know who their daddy is living under law. So, all right, here, here we go. For you have not come. Now this, boy, this is some deep stuff here. Say, I'm still with you, Pastor. Even say it by faith or something. Just say, I'm still with you. Okay, can, can we go a little bit deeper? Let's go a little bit deeper. All right. For you've not come to the mountain that may be touched. You think you can mess with this law? You think you can keep it? So we've not come to this mountain that may be touched that burn with, and burn with fire and that burn with fire into blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. Glory be to God. You know that mountain he's talking about? Mount Sinai. 
for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, let me just help some. some I, keep, I think we should, we should be keeping the law. Now, I know you don't know all six, 613, but some of these people talking about this, they can't even quote the Ten Commandments. I never committed adultery. I've never uh, committed murder. I've never bore false witness, really. Well, Jesus gave us Moses 2.0. And he was dealing with I mean, don't read those Beatitudes and think you can keep all them things. There were things that Jesus said in those Beatitudes to get people to the end of themselves. See? He said, you heard that if you, if you murder, you're in danger of the judgment. He said, I say, if you're angry with your brother, You're in danger of the judgment. Anybody here ever, never been angry? You've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. I say, if you look at a woman with the uh, adultery in your heart. Huh? Man, listen. I, I'm not even going to give a show of hands. Or ask for a show of hands. See, you think you can keep this law? Can nobody keep it? You see, Jesus brought, brought the law up to its pristine standard. They, they try to lower the bar. They, you, you know, if you, if you got a, like a high jump, you can, re, you can put it to a place. You keep raising it up to the place where no, can nobody jump over it. Here's what those Pharisees, religious people in Jesus, they did. They, they lowered the bar way down to the floor. I mean, they, they got the law down to a, a place where they could keep it. Even they couldn't keep, nobody could keep the whole law. In fact, if you look at James, it says, he who tries to keep the law, whole law but it's guilty in just one thing, you're guilty of all of them. The Bible makes it plain, man. like, look, you cannot do this thing. Flip over to 2 Corinthians 3 real quick. The, the Bible calls the law a ministry of death. Now, this goes right along with this. And, and just jot this down. You can look it up for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Look it up for yourself. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant. Okay? This is the covenant we're under, the new one. Not of the letter, 
but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. What does the letter do? It kills. People, there are preachers that are killing people slowly every single week by preaching this law. You don't hear this a lot. When I'm talking about, you don't hear this a lot. We should be hearing this. Look, look, you can't, you, you preach the law, you, you promote sin, actually. Then the next verse says, but, but if the ministry of death written on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel, that's what we're reading about right now. Thank you. Aren't you happy for the Holy Spirit? Only he can put this together. He led me to turn here. I didn't know how they were connected. Look at this. This ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious. Now, that's talking about the Big Ten. It was only the 10 of, 10 of the 613 were written on stone by the finger of God. And it said, the, if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away. It was temporary until Jesus came. He said, how will the ministry of the Spirit be much more glorious? That's this new covenant. Here again, talking about the two covenants. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness. See, this ministry of grace is a ministry of righteousness. The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. See, the new is better than the old. I mean, just looking at new, old, old, new, it tells you something. But he calls it the ministry of condemnation. It, 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 has, it has some glory. Like, I mean, something will come out. Like when you tell people you preach hell, fire, and brimstone, sure some people are going to get saved. Do you want to go to hell when you die? Like, no. So just pray this prayer. Okay, is that, that it? I'm confess my Lord Jesus, believe my heart. God, I'm, I'm saved now? All right, good. I'm going back to the club. I got to meet somebody. Amen. <laughs> so, right? You, you. It has some glory, but go back here. Now, they could not endure what was commanded. And it commanded, and if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it should be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I, even Moses, I'm exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion. <laughs> That's Sarah. And to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem. Remember Galatians? I don't got time to go back there. But I can read it to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Jerusalem above is free. Y'all just missed the place to shout. You're free people. We're free people. This is the new covenant here. The Jerusalem above. I wish somebody, I wish I had somebody to help. I wish I had a praying church. I wish somebody helped me preach here. 
I mean, you, you get excited about this, man, because, see, we, we, we're not in that ministry of death. We're not in that ministry of condemnation. We're not judged guilty. The case is closed. All our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. We are free people standing in the presence of my Father. Standing free of guilt, fear of sin. I'm not afraid of sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You have come to Mount Zion. We're not on Sinai. Come off that mountain. It's impossible to keep it. You can't do it. Come off that mountain. Come on over into freedom and liberty. Cast out the bond woman and her son. So we, brethren, are not children of the bond woman, but of the free. We're not children of the natural. We are children of the supernatural. We bring forth fruit effortlessly. A whole body. Man, if you can't get this, I, 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 I don't know what else to say. Not because of me. It's just this, 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 it's, it's the Holy Spirit. This word, oh, my goodness. You've come to Mount Zion and, and, and to, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Oh, man, don't get me started on that. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel what? what does the blood of Abel speak? revenge <laughs> The blood says, not guilty. Woo! Man, you missed places to shout. It's like, man, you, you're missing some places to shout. This, this speaks better things than Abel's blood crying out for revenge. A little bit further. Okay. See, everybody say see. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, that ministry of condemnation, much more should we not escape if we turn from him who speaks from heaven. I'm talking about a shaking going on. More and more people, people are going to try and trying and trying and trying, and they're going to wear themselves out, and it's, it's going to be a shaking. Watch this. Whose voice then shook the earth, under that old system, under that old covenant, but now he has promised yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. What can't be shaken? Therefore, since we are receiving 
a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. See, we've come to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Under grace, under a foundation of grace, it cannot be shaken. Under a system of law, rule keeping, trying to earn God's acceptance and favor, that's shaky ground. And you're not going to be able to stand on that ground. And there are going to be people in these last days that are going to be, see, we're in a grace revolution. And people on shaky ground, some of those people, they're going to come over into grace because they're going to realize, look, I can't do this. And there are people right now that are staying out of churches that don't have a problem with God, but they're tired of hearing messages about do good and get good and be right and do more, and they get wore out and tired. People getting beat up, and they said, man, forget it. <laughs> Just forget this, man. I, I can't keep up. I mean, you feel like you, you want to come to church, and you come to church, and then they beat you up for having come in the last three months. Thank you, Lord. Well, I hope you got something out of this today. You didn't get anything just anything other than this. Understand you're free. Hallelujah.